Welcome back, everyone, to the PXP Let's Talk Success podcast. I'm Dre, back with my illustrious co-host, Paul Plummer. Hello, everybody. Good to see you, Dre. How are you doing today? Great. How are you feeling? That's the real question, because last podcast, we were... We were not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, feeling better. Still feel a little, uh, not under the weather, feel fine. But you know, still feel the lingering effects of you know, a cold, a little uh, congestion in the chest. Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to say, last, for everyone that doesn't know, last podcast, I felt like we were struggling. Um, I mean, I know I was, especially just being sick. And we still got it done for you guys, but if we sounded terrible... Um, it's not our fault necessarily. <laughs> it was definitely our fault. <laughs> yeah. Those little critters got in our bodies and, and made us feel certain ways. Right. But I'm glad we got it done for them. I honestly didn't even listen to it because I thought I just felt like we sounded so bad. I was like, I don't want to be disgusted with myself. So. Well, I think I mean, we, while we're here talking about that piece, I think there's some, some good lessons to come out of that, right? I mean, you know, when you're not feeling under the weather, you know, you know, sometimes backing off uh, from workouts is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, you know, giving yourself grace to know that you're not doing the same uh, activity levels. You're not going to be able to do those sort of, sort of things. Your product, productivity is going to drop. And, you know, a lot of people, when they're not as efficient as what they think they should be, no, for, no matter what the reason is, they, they get disappointed or, or down. And, you know, in previous uh, podcasts, we've talked about that mental side and, you know, being able to put that together. There's a lot of viruses going around right now and uh, just being able to anticipate them sometimes you know, do your best at preventing them uh, as best you can but when it when it happens it's just it's got to run its course yeah that's for sure and it ran its course <laughs> so. <laughs> and it doesn't always happen when you want it to right <laughs> no, it maybe happens not. the week before a race or something <laughs> all right yeah that, that was a challenge in itself that's for sure but you found that finish line well done <laughs> yeah yeah um thank you appreciate that um Let's go to a cricket's joke. I want to bring that back into it. Um, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll liven it up now with after all that down stuff. We'll bring cricket back yeah. in to kind of get us back on track. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully we sound better this time, and we and we have new equipment actually. So um, if the, for those of you that are watching, um, you can see it. You can see the new equipment that we got finally set up um, and got in. So um, I'm excited for that just because. It looks good for the most part, so <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're becoming a little bit more professional, hopefully, so hopefully this sounds better than yeah. um, the last one, just because of the equipment as well. Yeah, and thank you for everybody for going on this journey with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and we're, we always love the feedback and always um, welcome help, for sure, <coughs> so, um, but okay, cricket joke. Um, so the doc says, make sure the nurses are carrying red pens. In case they need to draw blood, <laughs> so that was a that's a rougher one, but um, that that was one she gave me, so I'm gonna, I like it. So uh, shout out to Cricket for that. Um, but all right, but so you, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but today's topic, we're just I mean, we're bouncing back from um, sickness. We're bouncing back from going to um, going on business trips, if you will. Um, you going to Colorado for um, some USA triathlon training or coaching and whatnot, um, and then myself coming back from uh, Florida, just trying to survive, really. <laughs> so, um, yeah, how was Colorado? It was good. I mean, so, you know, last week I started getting a little uh, scratchy throat and thought it was going to be a, a little scratchy throat. When when I got to Colorado, I had that squeaky voice. Uh, this. This 55-year-old sounded like he was 15 again, going through puberty with the, the high voice and so forth. And so that was frustrating in itself just because, you know, you go to some of these uh, uh, clinics and these conferences and you want to put, out, uh, put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe you, you can put your best foot forward until you start to talk. And yeah. then this little squeaky voice comes out. And so that added some stress and so forth. And, you know, you had a, an event that, you know, you're going into and having that same sort of thing. And it's... It's just trying to find a way to, to manage those pieces and set expectations. Yeah. How was the flight out there? Uh, very good. Flight going out and, and back was fine. Um, yeah, I got fortunate there, just a quick connection in Denver to Colorado Springs. Ended up at the Olympic Training Center mm-hmm. uh, doing some advanced training for uh, triathlon coaching. Yeah. How cool was that, just like being there in itself? 
Well, the, obviously, the Olympic Training Center is a pretty cool place to go into. Yeah. Um, most of what I saw was the inside of a classroom for, you know, eight to twelve hours, you know, for three or four days, and yeah, you know, we did get to walk around. We got into some of the labs. So we got to do some some testing. We had some uh, opportunities to go into the the fifty meter pool they've got there, um, into their weight room, the strength and conditioning area, um, their ex phys lab. You know, one thing about their ex phys lab that was really impressive. Is like it's a, it's a it's six thousand seven thousand foot up uh, of elevation. So there's mm-hmm. a there's not as much oxygen up there. So they're doing some testing at altitude to see what happens. Well, if, if their individuals are going to be competing at a higher altitude or even at sea level, they've got a room that they can adjust the pressure. Yeah, that's right. And, and they can do some testing. Yeah, let's say they're going to be uh, competing up in the mountains higher. Mm-hmm. Well, they can do some testing with the. Uh, more pressure, less oxygen in the room, so to speak, or, or yeah. actually less pressure, uh, less oxygen in the room, and be able to see what that body's going to do performance-wise and uh, adjust their training accordingly. Same thing if they're going to be training at altitude and then they're going to be f- performing down at sea level. They can adjust that the, the variables within the room as they're doing whatever testing they're doing. Yeah, uh, And it was pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to say that's pretty cool. What's, for those that don't know what X-Phys stands for, what does that stand Sorry, for? Sorry, exercise physiology. So okay. it's a it's a broad category. Anytime we're doing any testing on the body, we're looking at the physiology of the body, and then obviously we're applying it through exercise. Gotcha. What? Um, so did did you say you saw inside of there? Or oh yeah, we we, did? we got to go in. We actually had brought a couple of. Uh, uh, one was a I'm gonna call him a wannabe Olympian. He hasn't been mm-hmm. to the Olympics yet, Olympics yet, but is training uh, with the hope of qualifying and, mm-hmm. and going in. The other has uh, uh, has been there. It had some life situations happen and is and working her way back into uh, fitness for that. So we did some testing. They they had some uh, fitness needs that they wanted to uh, test and see where they're at. And so we got to use them as our our guinea pigs to give them the data they needed in their training and also to you know to practice and to learn new techniques on, on some testing. Okay, cool. So like in that room, then what, what's in that room? Is it like treadmills or? In- yeah, there, there's or, a bunch of stuff in there. There's treadmills and bikes and uh, multiple variations of each. You know, uh, if they wanted to test somebody's uh, acceleration speed, they had a treadmill that was going to go, you know, 20 plus mile an hour. Mm-hmm. And so some of these individuals, you know, your typical treadmill is going to stop at about 12 to 15 mile an hour, depending on which one you've got. Well, some people are faster than that. Did you show them how to get to 25? I, I, I did not. I, I didn't want to show off uh, yeah. too much. I didn't want to show so, off too much. You know, my my throat's itchy <laughs> right now, so yeah, I can't get yeah. up there. I just I just didn't want to show off out there. I yeah. you know, didn't want to do those sort of things. But they had other treadmills that um, they could adjust uh, gradients, uh, high, you know, inclines, yeah. and so forth. And you know, again, your typical um, treadmill only goes to a certain certain height, and they they were able to take this up as if they were running steeper hills and you know, declines. Usually on declines, you're going to get, you know, 2-3% decline. You know, this was able to go a little deeper, so running down hills, running down mountains, that sort of thing they could simulate. And then they had a couple different bikes, um, and, and they're just different ergometers that um, they could coordinate. They could adjust all kinds of variables and, and do testing and really see what that body could do in different scenarios. Yeah. You just, like... Uh, gave me a flashback of um, decline and incline because of the driving in Tennessee and Georgia on the way to Florida, and like I, re- I just I was like, why am I? Why do I keep thinking about a five percent decline? And it was because of the like hills through there, and it was it was funny because you know I train on Zwift and on Zwift they have they'll show the percent grade, and I'm like, so this is what it really looks like in person when I get to that 5% mm-hmm. or 3% or 2%, I'm like, okay, this is this is a lot more than I thought because on virtually, you know, it's just like it's whatever. It's like this and it's, you know, it's a road. Um, <laughs> but when you're driving on it, it's, uh, it's yeah. a heck of a lot different. Yeah, and if you're driving a manual, you've got it downshift or if you're mm-hmm. driving the automatic, you hear the engine just kind of mm-hmm. give a little extra oomph to get, to get up or get down and yeah. hear it whine, absolutely. Yeah. So, but no, that's pretty cool. So, what um, what was your favorite part about the trip? I guess or the experience. Um, that was pretty cool. There being in the Exquis mm-hmm. Lab, um, we, we got to 
uh, like I said, uh, experiment with a lot of different things, drawing blood and looking at lactate and, and uh, how different variables would go. But I really enjoyed um, being in, by, on the, the pool deck at the pool. Okay. There was a, another individual who's you know, a 22-year-old swimmer, um, you know, one of the elite coaches who is training some of these younger individuals to prepare them for the Olympics, so very elite level uh, training going on. Mm-hmm. This individual lives in Colorado Springs. Uh, the, the coach lives there. They're, they're working together. And so uh, part of his demonstration, part of the coach's demonstration was to bring his athlete in and show some stuff in the pool. Yeah. And, you know, that's uh, like all of us, we, we, we tend to look at ourselves and look at our flaws, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if we're not doing something as, as good as we think it should be, you know, relative to whatever barometer we are, whether we're using perfection or we're using the person next to us, you know, this 22-year-old was doing the same thing. He's like, yeah, my stroke is, it does this. It, it's not here. I, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. And he gave us a, a laundry list of about four or five things to do. So we've got a perception. I had a perception going into this before he ever started swimming that we're going to see some flaws in this swim stroke. We're going to see some challenges in the swim stroke. He's going to have some inefficiencies going on. He jumped in the pool and took off, and I'm like, I wish my stroke were that bad. Mm-hmm. I wish my stroke were that bad. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's gliding through the water. He's, he's doing things. But again, that's the, that's the difference of, you know, some of us age groupers who are uh, working toward things and some of the elite athletes who their uh, distance from perfection, difference from being, you know, very elite level in the world is pretty small. Yeah. Well, no, and <clears throat> you just reminded me of what I was thinking about earlier because I was thinking about the podcast, and I think a lot of times, I think there's a lesson in that. Like, we are always looking at the bad, um, almost, and like we never recognize the good in what we're doing. And I know you said <clears throat> either the last podcast or the previous podcast um, that we should take a second after our seasons and look at what we've done and what we've accomplished because you know we beat ourselves up so much that we um we tend to forget about the good stuff that happened even if we had a bad year or and whatnot um and so that actually reminded me of so um shout out to rosie um that comes in here she told me to watch um the there was a series on netflix called cheer and it was about cheerleading and so and i've i heard of it before before and it was um uh very popular when it came out and but i never was interested in watching cheerleading <laughs> so um i said i i finally bought it or i finally watched it on netflix um because she said to because she said it was really good and mm-hmm. a few of the other girls said it was really good and so i said okay well i'll learn something in it because i've just train myself to learn from everything and so and one of the cheer coaches in there and these are like apparently the top like cheer schools in the country and whatnot they win all the time um and one of the coaches said you know uh they well it was him and his assistant coach and they were talking he was like i hate how i always see the bad in in the routine because they do their routine um and practice over and over again and so he was like, don't you hate, and they, they, he was talking to the assistant coach, he was like, don't you hate that, that you're just going to point out the bad in it um, the entire time? Um, and he said that, he's like, yeah, that's all I, all I see is the bad. Um, even though they're doing, you know, something that other schools and other, um, I guess, lower level programs, maybe high school or um, middle school programs, wish that they could do. Um, so I thought that was interesting that you just brought that up and remind me of it again, that like, as humans, I feel like we just always look at the bad for most of it. Um, and I think that's a lesson to, you know, not to remember to look at the good. Like even for me in this, in this race, like I've been trying to, in this past race I just did this weekend, um, I, I've been trying to figure out like, what was the purpose of me going? Like, <laughs> because it was, it was, um, pretty bad. Um, I mean, it was my worst 70.3 I've done in terms of time. Um, so I was like, what good, what, what good was there? And so I, I PR'd on the swim actually, which I figured out last night because I was still thinking about it. Um, aside from Chattanooga. So right. like, yeah. so a re- well, that, it was, that's Chattanooga's PR are, are <laughs> right. a class by themselves. <laughs> right. So like, 
so so for everyone that doesn't know, Chattanooga is a downriver swim, so you're going to PR just because you're going to go faster on that swim. But realist, it's not necessarily realistic um, in quotation marks. So uh, I, I just looked at it last night, and I was like, oh, I actually PR'd on the swim, which was which was nice to see because I don't know if you saw the course that, but we had to I like. Did. We we made an H, right? <laughs> so There's a lot of turns, right? The, the siding for that was uh, that was the biggest challenge. Um, so that so that was good in terms of the physical um, lesson, I guess that there was. Um, I, there's other lessons that I found for myself in them, but I just think that as a reminder for everyone, you know, like I said, Paul said it before, but to always reflect and look at the good as opposed to always just looking at the bad and picking on yourself, because I know a lot of people do that. Yeah, absolutely. And let's go back to this 22-year-old that's training for the Olympics. You know, mm-hmm. He's a 24 um, uh, wannabe. Yeah. Uh, realistic, we were chit-chatting with his coach afterwards when, when he was gone and, and so forth, and his, his, they're going to shoot for 24. It's more realistic that 28 is, is really going to be his, his Olympics or mm-hmm. building into that. So you can see multiple years uh, trying to get to that one goal. But if, if an individual who's performing at that elite level feels the same things that we do, right? I mean, sees the flaws. I mean, we can give ourselves a little grace about, about those pieces. And yeah. and it doesn't do anything for us, right? Looking right. at all the negative, I mean, the only thing it's going to do is pull us down. Um, and, and I agree with you, it's 100% human nature to uh, be critical of ourselves. A lot of times, if somebody did the exact same thing that we're doing, we would compliment that person and tell them mm-hmm. how great they did. Right. We do that exact same thing, and, and, and our self-talk is is not always as positive. Right. And so there's you know uh, some joy that can happen in that. Some joy can get stolen. You know if you mm-hmm. let it. Um, there's some work that gets hindered. You know think about you know, when you go out and do a workout. If your if your shoulders are down, your heads are down, you're not gonna get the same effort level out of things. Where if you come in and you're smiling and you're like, hey, I got this, and you got that positive outlook. On, on pieces, you tend to have a better workout. You tend to have better performance, and so there's some uh, all kinds of different uh, nuances mm-hmm. that go with that that conversation. No, yeah, for sure, totally agree with that. Um, okay, cool. So that was your best part. What was what was the worst part? I meant to ask you this first, but what was the what was your least favorite part? Uh, I guess my, my brain power. We had yeah. the, we had the, uh, like I said, it was some very long days. There's uh, uh, some great teaching going on. We had. We knew going into it that we were going to do some presentations, and we're presenting uh, not only to our peers, but we're presenting to the um, best of the best in the triathlon coaching world that are uh, leading some of these. And so there's a little bit of intimidation going on in that. There was some uh, trickery going on with that, if you will. I mean, they, they told us going in, here's what your topic's going to be, here's what, how we want you to do it. And then we got in, and, and, and really, just like real life, I mean, um, Athletes change their mind, or or new information comes to light. Yeah, and so our presentations were, were basically going to be on what we would do in, in a certain scenario. Somebody's a certain age, has certain background, wants to accomplish a certain goal, and, and we're given some some metrics to use of how we would plan out their year and, and their training. So we, we, we had a couple of days notice prior to get arriving there at Colorado Springs. Then once we got there, the first day um, they they shifted some of those metrics. So the athlete changed their mind or gave us new information. And so we had basically 12 hours to get this done. We found out about 3 in the afternoon, and uh, we had to present the next morning at 7. So there was some, some late nights uh, or a late night for each of those presentations, trying to get everything organized and put together and, and at a coherent level that we could communicate it and explain it and, and detailed in our delivery. Um, and then we had to be succinct. We only had 10 minutes to get all that done. So the longer you have to talk about something, the less yeah. prepared you really have to be, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the more the, when they give us a specific time limit with all this stuff, it just added to some stress. And so although that was my least favorite part, it's probably the part that I benefited the most from. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I like that because uh, like you, I think like you said, there's always – a challenge that you're gonna have to overcome and like so what's funny is that for me I figured out that I think that was my lesson from this weekend was like you know I told you that um, shoot, going into it this was probably one of my better training camps if yeah. you will going into um, the race just because I did all of the workouts mm-hmm. um, 
and I felt like I hadn't done that well of a training camp since probably my first Ironman, right. uh, which was like which was my fault just because. I mean, in chat for Chattanooga this year. I mean, it wasn't necessarily my fault, but we had the it's a weather kind of thing yeah. for uh, Ohio. I put myself in a bad position because I couldn't run all year. Um, but this time I was ready to go, and then I get hit with the flu, you know, a week beforehand, and then it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, what am I supposed to do with that? So I think that's a lesson in itself, and I think that like shows how good i mean not only you are in that sense like overcoming a challenge when you're hit with it and i think a lot of people can learn from that because it's not always going to go the way you plan it um to go and how are you going to overcome that right and just you know i've i've heard we've talked in the last couple days and whatnot that um you know you got compliments from your peers um after your presentation um which just shows like um I don't, I don't want to be so complimentary, but it just shows how good you are and how good like yeah. other people can be when they overcome those challenges. Like you said, what made you uncomfortable made you better. Um, and I feel the same way for me after this weekend, um, in a sense, just because, well, one, I feel a lot better now, <laughs> <laughs> physically. Better now. Uh, but, you know, I just learn from it. Yeah, so, so that there's, there's two places I want to hit on this if, yeah. in, in your topic. One, one is thank you for the compliments. You know, mm-hmm. I, when I got it with the presentations, going into them, you know, with all that preparation, I'm thinking about how poorly they are because I'm looking mm-hmm. at myself yeah. doing this presentation. I, I know what I want to do and I don't have enough time to get it all organized the way I want to have it organized. Uh, I don't want to say that I'm a perfectionist when it comes to these things, but it, it, I, I pay attention to a lot of details yeah. uh, of people's training. And even though these are made-up scenarios, I still want to be able to deliver this mm-hmm. space. So I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm seeing all the flaws in it, right? Right. And so you know, part of what you're talking about is we got done, and, and uh, yeah, we each get to tell each other, hey, great job, hey, great job. And many times that's... Um, just words, right? Right, we're, yeah. We're trying to compliment those pieces. Mm-hmm. But a couple uh, of flattering situations that happened that when it was done and we're going, a couple of uh, uh, my classmates pulled me aside and, and said, hey, we really think you did a good job. Here's why. And, and their, their statement was, we were fighting not to follow you. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, that was a very uh, warm, fuzzy for me to, to get that feedback and so forth. So that was awesome. Now, the other part of that that I want to talk about is, is you and your races. Yeah. Um, you know, you were talking about your training and being in a really good situation here. Mm-hmm. Many times we go into our training, we know exactly what you're going to have on race day. Yeah. We know what your paces are going to be. We know where you should be, how you're going to transition, what your power is, where your heart rate should be, because we've done that in training. Mm-hmm. And then when it doesn't happen on race day, for whatever reason, you know, some of those reasons you can control, right? Yeah. So, sometimes you go in and, and you just go too hard too early and then right. you mess everything up. Sometimes uh, you miss nutrition, it's going to mess that up. And sometimes you get sick and that's something right. you can't control. <laughs> yeah. And so when we know what your paces are, when we know what your uh, level of fitness is going on in, that's great. Yeah. But we, we still want to go show off, right? We want that race yeah, day sure. performance to be exactly what our metrics are. Sometimes we think that we can go in and, and outperform our training. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Most of the time that we can just get lucky enough to actually achieve or show that off of what we can do in our training. Sometimes, um, sometimes like what, what just happened, you get a, a virus that affects it, you get an energy level that affects it or something else. Uh, it doesn't take away from your fitness. It doesn't take away from who you are, your fitness level, and all the work that you've done. We just don't get to show those pieces off in, the, in that moment. Right. Yeah, and you never like you never know who you're going to inspire either. Like for you, you know, just thinking about the other people that were in there with you, like I'm sure they learned something from your presentation yeah. just because of what you said. And for me, um, so after the race, we I didn't like this part, but uh, we had to stand in line to get back into transition, <laughs> and uh, so they because they were only letting like 30 to 40 people in um, at a time. But so this this older gentleman came up behind me and he was like, I was trying to keep up with you. And I was on, on the run. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
you're trying to keep up with me <laughs> because if you if anyone knows how i did on the run I, it was not a good it was not a flattering it wasn't pace. your best run <laughs> yeah and so i was and he was like you must have taken off or something and so and this was a so this this guy was a 70 year old yeah. um and he uh, he usually he was trying to win his age group and he was i was trying to keep up with you but you must have taken off um, and then he was, him and I started chatting back and forth, waiting to go back into transition. And I just thought it was super funny. I, I was like, I, I don't know if I'm the right person that you're, <laughs> that you're thinking of. Uh, he's like, yeah, I remember because the big PXP logo yeah, yep. on our tri suits. Um, and I was like, well, you know, at least I, at least I helped the 70 year old. You inspired some people. That's yeah. Great. And so I was like, um, so I, I was thinking about Jay. I was like, Jay might have talked to this dude before, just because you know they're in this, they're close in the um, age group rankings yeah. and whatnot. So, well, well, Jay would be already waiting for him in transition. Right, right, right. Yes, he would have. <laughs> yes, he would have been. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny, but uh, it's always cool to see that um, too. Yep. Just especially. Uh, I mean, it wasn't necessarily an affirmation for me, <laughs> but for you, you know, you said it was, so that was yeah. good. But it made me laugh, so that was good. Well, and, and like one of the things that makes me feel uncomfortable, like yeah, I'm not the most comfortable of accepting compliments, right? You're right. Yeah. It, it makes me feel a little squidgy. The the real reason that I don't like accepting compliments or, or that it makes me feel uncomfortable is I don't want anybody to ever think that I'm cocky or arrogant. Right. You know, I've I've been fortunate to have a, a lot of uh, great experiences to have done several things to be acknowledged in several different ways and sometimes when uh, when I think of those or I say them it, it feels uh, squidgy it, feel, it feels uncomfortable to be able to talk about this because I don't want people to think that I'm better than or that I'm in, yeah. in those spaces um, I'm confident I, I know what I'm doing I, I've got a very good sense of, of those pieces but sometimes when people talk about you know the, the different awards that I've uh, uh, achieved or different uh, environments that I've been in or different things I've been able to experience, it almost feels like they're going to misinterpret that as a, a cocky arrogance, and and I never want that to never want that to happen. No, for sure, and I don't I don't think it comes off to anybody really. Um, but yeah, no. So that I mean, that's all I have for that little part. But I thought um, those were good, and I like that. But so you want um, you want to go over long and short course. Um, so I don't know where you want to go. Yeah, so so that, that was, you know, part of the training up was out, out there was a level two certification within mm-hmm. USA Triathlon. Yeah. And so the the coaching certifications, you know, you got level one, level two, level three. And then within each of those, you've got different specializations that you right. get into. Sometimes it's para, uh, uh, Paralympic, mm-hmm. it's, it's youth, you've got short course, you've got long course. And each of those have... Uh, different nuances within level one, level two, uh, and then obviously level three. And then even within the long and short course, you, you've got uh, uh, age groupers, and then you've got elite level, and you, you've got all, all these different levels of things. And so that's uh, the training that I went through this past past week was for level one, sorry, level two, short course and long course. And it was, uh, like I said, a lot of uh, good information being shared, a lot of interactions uh, not necessarily learning new information. Mm-hmm. It was put. It, it was presented in maybe different ways, mm-hmm. but uh, the best part was trying to figure out how to apply information from a different lens yeah. or, or additional lenses. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you've got somebody that's uh, trying to win their age group, or yeah. trying to win, or trying to win the race, right. or simply just trying to finish an event. Right. Yeah. And you. I mean, we have that here in the notes as well. Like, um, what do you? I guess want to go over with that. Like, is there? Do you want to go over the different approaches? Well, I, th- I think no. I think right now, I mean, the biggest bigger thing is for our listeners. We're at the end of the year. Yeah, and a lot of people are you know doing what we we're just talking about, looking back, and and hopefully, I want to bias them that they can find something positive or many positive things that they did mm-hmm. uh, over that over that uh, period of time. And then the negative things that do come up. Right, the goals that they didn't achieve. Yeah, you know, don't let them weigh you down, but just acknowledge them. Hey, I wanted to do X, but I didn't accomplish that. I, mean, I wanted to hit a certain time goal. I wanted to hit a certain pace goal. I wanted to do a certain number of races. You know that that list of things that you didn't do, uh, I think would should lend or lead you into what your upcoming goals are. 
Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. I so can. here at Pigs Pay Endurance, you know, it's, it's your goals, your success. We're very goal-oriented. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the year here, a lot of people are uh, looking at what they did this past year, starting to plan um, what they want to accomplish this next year. Uh, let's talk about those things. Let's, uh, for our listeners, if there's things that we can help you with in terms of getting uh, those goals accomplished, uh, getting uh, some assistance with you, maybe some education that's mm-hmm. coming up for, for you, um, let us know what those things are. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think it should you know, add fuel, more fuel to the fire uh-huh. um, in my um, perspective. Or as well, just because, like, well, for me, I haven't. <laughs> I still haven't accomplished my long course goal, um, or, or necessarily my short course goal either, but um, that's, like, fine in my opinion. So, yeah, I think you should continue to have that um, burning desire for that. And it should, for me, it grows, like, because I didn't hit it again this year, so it grows. And so I hope um, people can find motivation in that. And I think. You know, just going into it, other people around here help you with that. Just because, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before with the accountability, with the encouragement. Um, the the group is very well at holding you accountable. And a lot of people don't like to fail, right? Right. Or or to acknowledge what they perceive as a failure. Right. Yeah. Right. But what what, what have we heard in class? Right. I mean, we're we're in class and we're we're trying to achieve failure. Mm-hmm. We're trying to accomplish failure. Yeah. When you think about a test. Um, you go back to a test that uh, you took whatever number of years ago or whatever number of days ago, depending on how old you are and what class you're taking. You know, if you aced a test, you're going to have a difficult time telling me what a specific question off that test was. Yeah. If you missed one or two or three questions mm-hmm. off a test, you're going to be able to tell me exactly what the question was, where it was on the page, and what the answer is, because yeah. you truly learned it. So we fail in our practices. We fail in our events. There's a lot of life lessons that can be learned. There's a lot of Learning can happen happen there for your next event, for your next practice, for your next piece. Those are things that I would like to, to help people focus on, right? Yeah. Uh, what can we learn from your, quote, failure? What can we learn from your accomplishment? What can we learn? Where do you want to go? How can we best help you with those things? Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, I mean, which we can go into, I mean, fitness goals, which we've been talking about a little bit now. Like, um, I don't know if you want to go over upcoming goals for people or... Well, I, um, I think let's go through the process here. What would I want to see somebody do over the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. with their goals, right? And so we've talked a bit about reviewing it. And, you know, if, if you're just sitting there and, and it's in your head, um, I tell you, get out a piece of paper. You know, mm-hmm. jot them down. What did you truly accomplish? What was all the good that you accomplished? Um, what are the things that you didn't accomplish? What do you wish you'd accomplish or what are the, what are the things? And then you've got two columns. Mm-hmm. You know, whether those are um, a specific race performance that you didn't get it or a specific thing within the performance that you didn't do well. You, you PR'd in a swim, but then you didn't have a great run, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, being able to have that list of, hey, I want to continue my uh, good swim, but I want to make my run stronger. I want to, whatever that list is. Once you've got that list, then we need to start planning what's going to happen next. What are your goals? How are we going to accomplish that? And start looking at different events that would fit into that, mm-hmm. different races perhaps, different types of races, different distance of races. Where should they be scheduled out throughout the year? Yeah. Uh, even within that in your training, do we need to do some testing? Yeah. Do we actually need to know what your uh, lactate, blood lactate levels are or we can do some field testing? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever we've done this, la- this past year, did it work? Do yeah. we need to make adjustments? What kind of adjustments do we need to make? Um, you know, our current coached athletes are all over the next couple of weeks going to be having conversations with me about uh, season review, what's upcoming. Yeah. You know, if we've got new individuals who want to uh, be part of PXP Endurance and go through this process to get it started, well, there's a whole process of onboarding and, and getting all that done that you know, we really need to start talking over the next several weeks to get, get that process going and, and uploaded. So a lot of our listeners, you know, a lot of times we, we sit and we're like, well, I'm going to do this in January. I'm going to start this in February. Mm-hmm. Um, my conversation with me, I would prefer, hey, let's talk now. Yeah. You might not get started until February, but it's going to take a period of time to kind of get your schedule organized, get, get some data collected for you so we can get those things built uh, the way they need to be built. 
No, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, that's just so important, um, I think, just because, like, I'm, well, I'm about to do that, right? Like, yep. I've already... Yes, you are. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to exactly. give you about another 10 days to let, you know, let everything settle, and then yeah. we'll get after it. So, <clears throat> yeah, and so, like, my wheels have already been spinning about... Um, or turning about uh, what I want to do next year and all that fun stuff and what I think that I need to do and all that. And I just, I mean, I just think it's important because like, like you said, you know, we should always look back and assess what happened, what worked, what didn't work. And, you know, I, t- I told um, the head coach cause, um, of the cross country team that I'm, that I helped coach, like, you know, i I told her that we should. I feel like at the end of the year we should do this. We should see what worked, what didn't work, um, just to tweak things for next year or um, for future goals for yeah. different athletes and whatnot. So yeah. yeah, and it's you know Einstein had a great, great quote. I think it was Einstein. You know, what's the definition of insanity? You know, oh, doing yeah, the same yeah. thing over and over again, and you're right. get the same results. Yeah, or expecting different results. Yeah, I tell you, know, if the things that worked well, we definitely want to reproduce those. Yeah, things that didn't go as well. Let's figure out why that was. Let's figure out why that was. Maybe we got a virus and it didn't go well. Right. Maybe we had something else going on and it didn't go well. And whatever that is, we'll try to eliminate it or change it or modify it. And then we move forward. No, yeah. And, um, and that just helps for what could be a better year, hopefully. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll see for that. But, you know, like you said, just like continue to learn. I, I think that's important is that you should continue to learn in every, um, in every event that you do, every race that you have. Um, because for me, for me, that's why I did so many races last year. I don't know if people, I, I mean, I didn't really tell that to people, but like every race I just wanted to learn because last year was my first year. So, you know, I learned about coming out of the swim. Well, I know this is going to sound like obvious, but coming out of the swim wet and then putting on socks after that, like, should I wait? And then, you know, now, now I don't ride with socks on, um, on the bike, which helps me out. So like, I think you should always learn in all of your events and then look back, like you said, and do that just to make, so, so then this year, you know, I had a better year in terms of short courses than I did last year. So there's some people like you, you can ride without socks. Right, right. There's some people who can't. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they, have, they have some tender feet that that's never going to happen for them. And so, yep. you know, that learning for them is going to be different from you, but you've each got to learn what works best for you. Yeah. Love what you've done. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I like that. Um, so your next thing that we have written down, I can't read. So I'm going to hit it to you. So it's that that one right there. I don't know what that says. It looks like Zoe. <laughs> We're, we're really just talking about what, once people get um, the plan uh-huh. uh, and we're going to look at the scheduling of events and, and where we want to go. Well, there's a whole uh, system in place, right? We want to do some testing, mm-hmm. see where you're at, see where your thresholds are. Then we got to put that into the programming. What does the programming look like? Are we going to be doing Swift for your bike? Or are we going to mm-hmm. be doing some... Uh, group ride group classes in here mm-hmm. we're going to add strength training what kind of strength training we're going to add to it as we start looking at your builds and your blocks you know do we need to do use a, a three-week block because you need more recovery or, or quicker recovery do we need to look at four five or six week blocks depending on where we're at and the intensities we're going to be using uh, all kinds of things that we want to talk about but those will be the details that once an individual has gotten started we've got a plan those are the details that we want to bring in to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And the, and the bigger piece of that, I mean, those details, I mean, we don't need our listeners necessarily knowing exactly what I'm talking about in terms of uh, having an idea of, hey, I want to do my program like this. Mm-hmm. That's just the system that we put in place, right? That's, that's, that's my job as, as a coach to be able to help that in, individual with the appropriate programming to get them from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And, and, and doing that at a an intensity that doesn't get them hurt or at least mitigates or reduces the risk of them getting hurt. Yeah. yeah. And that actually that's what I was about to talk about is how it's individualized from you, right? Like mm-hmm. it's you and me and then it's you and you know the next person right. and the next person, which I think you do a great job at and this is what I've also been <clears throat> going over the last few days as I've come back from this weekend. It's like I think you've done um, you've done a great job 
of empowering people here to know what to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, because I've been talking with people, and you know, so I've done. <laughs> I've already, I, I've already gotten on the bike, right? When I got back, since so, I've been back. So you've really not followed coaching directions, have you? <laughs> well, not necessarily, <laughs> right? So, like, and I'm supposed to be in a rest week, uh-huh. but like on. Tuesday, yeah, on Tuesday, I was like, man, I just feel like I need to move. Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. I need to move. And I understand I'm supposed to be resting. Um, but I was like, I just want to move and I want it to be low impact. So yeah. obviously, I'm not going to run. Yeah. Um, and so and- you've, you've made the, you've made a individual decision based on rest yeah. that is either characterized as absolute rest, mm-hmm. you're doing nothing, or that your body needs some relative rest. And just much lower intensity, much lower volume, much lower duration. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so that's just where, like, I think you've done a great job at individualizing that and, you know, just giving people, giving your athletes the knowledge on that, yeah. which is very helpful because, so I, I got on the bike on Tuesday and I just did a spin out, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't going <clears throat> 20, 20 plus miles per hour and I, well, and, and, I you were, and you weren't showing off a high heart rate you weren't showing off right. a lot of power you're just getting those legs moving right right exactly Attaboy. I was just spinning I was listening to music the whole time I was just enjoying yeah. the ride enjoying moving my body which I felt like I needed and so that's where I was telling people you know like I can I can do that because I know that I can do that now because of Paul and so like I understand I just came off of a half Ironman, but I have. I also realized that you know I didn't go at the intensity that I wanted to because of sickness, because of game planning, still still trying to follow my game plan as it was. And so when I got off the bike for this recovery ride, as I'll call it, um, you know my legs felt better. Like yeah. <clears throat> going into it, I just felt tight, um, and I just felt I don't know. I I don't want to say I felt lazy. I, I didn't necessarily feel lazy. I just felt like I, my body needed to move, like I said, and I felt better afterwards. And so, well, and, and, and you're absolutely right. The, the people have asked me what my coaching philosophy is on this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I cannot feel your body, right? I, I can't feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. I have some uh, theories of what it might feel like, yeah. And and then we develop a relationship of, of trust where, hey, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's the theme of what we want to do. We don't want to tax the legs. We don't want to do these pieces. But you've got to read your body and, and come with it. You know, for these next two weeks, I think I wrote something on your training plans of like low intensity, you know, mm-hmm. keep heart rate down, if, you know, work on flexibility, mobility, those sorts of things. And that gives you some, some freedom then to make some decisions in, inside that area to do what is best for your body because you do know what's best for your body yeah you just need some guidance of how to get the fitness there and keep the injury risk low yeah for sure um and just going off of that like another thing <laughs> which i don't know if this is necessarily a good thing or a bad thing but it's going to turn into a good thing i think is that like so after the race for some reason i, I just wanted fruit and so <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so I don't eat a ton of fruit necessarily, but I was like, you know, I feel like I should start to incorporate fruit more into my diet. That a boy, <laughs> whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Right. So I was like, this is another good part of the race, is that like, so I, I literally after the race, I drove back. I was driving back to my hotel, and I, but on the way there, I went and picked up like three bowls of fruit and like um and some well, that's, that's gonna be my new trend i'm gonna try to get people eating more fruit i'm gonna send them down to florida do a 70.3 yeah. they're gonna have a virus the week before and they're gonna yeah. want to eat more fruit yeah so <laughs> i don't know i was like that was another good thing about the race was just that like now i was like i'm gonna try to eat more fruit during breakfast um and try to put that in there just because like i want i want to be better about my diet this upcoming year so i think that that's another thing that you know mm-hmm. was sparked be of this race was just like you always out of nowhere it was just like i just wanted some fruit and some fruit was like super good afterwards um so that that was something that i enjoyed as well um from this weekend and i thought it was good that you can once again you can always learn something from yep. the bad um, yep. i guess so um, get on that. Um, anything you want to go over from this weekend that you had? Um, no, just um, if, if any of my colleagues from uh, that were out there with me or happen to be listening to this, hey guys, great experience with you. Thank you for all the information you shared. 
um, all the, the feedback that uh, uh, you gave me and then really helping um, uh, elevate my coaching game and, and those sort of things. It's been uh, a really good experience. It was a long four days, a lot of work going in there, a lot of stress going in there, but uh, you all made it positive. Thank you. Well, good, yeah. Shout out to them. Um, okay, cool. Well, so I want to – yeah, we'll go – we'll do the – we'll do um, questions. I do have questions for you that I'm going to have to grab from my phone real quick. I, I have question, I have a lot of questions <laughs> from the same person. Uh, so I'm going to try to read these to you so we can get into our Coach's Corner segment. Um, so – with regard to the mental aspects of recovery from our previous podcast, uh, we most of the conversation focused on postseason recovery. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what about she? She asked, "What about during the season?" Yeah. Um, she said, "Paul spoke about the need to reset at the end of the season to recover the mind. What if we need a reset during the season?" So, yeah, and so it depends on what your season is. Whether we're talking about a, a three month training block you know whether we're talking about high school cross country mm-hmm. and you and you've gone through camp and then you school stress going on and then we're in the middle of cross country season need to reset there's probably some things going into that that um, the training volume the training intensity some of the the joy of training uh, was removed and so yeah if you need a, a reset during that part of the training absolutely take it mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard during the season because you're going to miss a block of training in essence mm-hmm. um, uh, so it be- just becomes harder inside that short distance gotcha when we're doing training blocks and whether it's the, the high school cross country or whether it's something I put together for some of our adults uh, looking for different events mm-hmm. you know there should should be some sort of adaptation phase that's happening in this right so you've had a uh, a build a build week maybe a third build week and then there's an adaptation phase. Some people call this a rest, relative rest week or a, a down week or a recovery week. But what you're really doing is getting your body to adapt to all that training that you've had accomplished in, the, in that space. And then you build again and again and again. And you kind of repeat those sort of cycles within your training. And so there should be some rest built in. Sometimes, depending on what you're doing, it's, it's a couple of rest days. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a lower volume week. Sometimes okay. it's a lower intensity week. There's a lot of ways to manipulate that piece, but there should be some routine, relative rest happening throughout mm-hmm. your season. Is there? I, I, this is just a question off that. Is there anything in particular that you might do during the season if you need like a reset or a rest day? Kind of me as an individual, or me as a coach. You as an individual, tra- okay. training wise. Yeah. So usually I take a day. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe two. Okay. And, and so this is the part where, like, let's talk about me and you for a second, you know, yeah. athlete coach. Mm-hmm. If I see the, my athlete coming in, they're kind of heads down, they're, they're down a little bit, they haven't been getting to sleep, they might be stressed, life stressors happening, or, you know, they're just dragging because it's been a high-volume week. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I'm like, hey, you know, we can skip a workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it's okay to skip that workout. Don't bring it forward. Let it go. Yeah. And, and you know, most people don't want to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they feel like they skipped a workout or missed a workout. That's bad. Yeah. You know, being able to, to build that relationship, understand your body, um, and know that you might need to take that time down. Yeah. Because even if I'm prescribing your workout, I can't feel your stuff. We just talked about I can't feel your discomfort and yeah. where you're at. I can't tell when you really need it some rest Mm -hmm. but i can try to teach that i can try to give you permission right yeah you know as it's happening hey it's okay to take a week a day down hey we can we can turn this into a relative light day we can hey this doesn't have to be nearly as intense you know Mm -hmm. we can turn this into recovery ride if you would feel really bad about not doing anything well just make it lighter and so i think all athletes need to be able to have that opportunity because they do know their bodies best yeah and if they are simply following a coach, me, someone else, and doing exactly what the coach is saying as a dictator, you know, dictating to his subordinates that yeah. you got to do this, this, and this, that's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. If we can get the athletes to really understand their bodies and go, hey, I understand what we're trying to do, but I need today to catch up. Yeah. I need a cross-training day. I need a lower volume day. I need a lower intensity. I need a lower duration day. 
maybe I need to take two days off. Yeah. That's really important. And for sure. I had, you know, just happens to have happened today. We're in uh, some private clients going through and, and I'm pushing it pretty hard. I'm, I'm using you know, my, my big boy voice and I'm yeah. pushing, I'm motivating. And, you know, the, if we didn't have that kind of relationship, they would have done exactly what I asked them to do. Instead, what was going on, they were feeling some, some nicks and some, some nags going on and they shared that with me. That was great. And I'm complimenting them, telling them how proud I am that they actually said, hey, this, my body doesn't feel perfect. I, I think I need to back down the weight or I need to back down the intensity or I need to back down the sets or the reps. That was, for me, that was such a, a, an affirming time mm-hmm. that I know that I've communicated with them. I've given them the, the opportunity in this environment to, to feel safe to do those things. That's a big key. Yeah. Uh, from a coaching perspective, being able to create that environment where you can give the athlete permission to not do as much if they're not feeling well. Now, it's not a license to, to wimp out of a workout. Right, yeah. Right? yeah. But it's, it's, it's truly knowing or truly feeling what your body feels like. Yeah. And if, if we can get the athletes to actually buy into that they are important enough that they can say, hey, I think I need a day down and be able to vocalize that to whomever so they can you know, help protect their bodies. That's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think you answered that great. I think, um, you know, like you said, as a coach, you have the, I think the biggest, pe- one of the biggest pieces you hit on was giving them permission to do so. Yeah. I think that was huge. So I, A mistake would be is if I, you know, whatever I listed for you, I, I try to do my best to give you a, a good theme of a sequence of workouts. Mm-hmm. But the, the limiter is, I can't feel what you're feeling. Right. And so I've got to build that relationship. And, and I would be doing a disservice to myself as a coach, to, to you as an athlete, if I didn't try to create that environment where we have that team, uh, teamwork approach, we have that collaborative effort on your fitness. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then, so, and then her next question, or questions are, what, so what role should sports psychology and sports psychologists play in forming and training our athletes um, as a coach. When should we recommend a sports psychologist as a parent? When they should? Sure. When should they? So there's a lot in, inside there. I don't think there's a. Uh, we're not going to have enough time to truly give a, a succinct answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you've got some uh, emotional stress that you're having trouble uh, solving on your own, seek help. Yeah. Whether that's a sports psychologist or a counselor or somewhere else. We, we, none of us uh, can do these things alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all, uh, we all should give ourselves permission to be able to seek help for these things. And it's, it's getting better. I remember a time, and this is going to date me a little bit, but if, if, if an athlete started talking about that they were having some emotional stress and they were having trouble handling things, you know, they were put down, they were beat up, they were mm-hmm. uh, hazed about not being something enough tough yeah. enough strong enough whatever you know thankfully the mental health is becoming a, a much more quote accepted thing mm-hmm. it, it is so important your yeah. mental health plays such a huge role in your physical uh, performance your physical health your d- just overall well-being yeah so i would start with that with when to seek it if you feel you need it right um if that athlete feels that they need some assistance they may not know what assistance they need mm-hmm seek it right you know, yeah, they, they, you know if if i don't feel well i don't need to know why i'm not feeling well to go see my doctor mm-hmm. if if i don't feel well emotionally i don't need to have the answers to go see a sports psychologist mm-hmm. okay another area for this is if i'm not performing well right so i get it i got a lot of anxiety prior to the event or i freeze during the event or i get so nervous i just can't perform definitely you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that sports psychologists can help you with. Okay. Uh, a lot of tips, tricks, things that they can do. Now, from a coach-parent perspective, so I was talking to the athlete on that. On those. Yeah. You know, as, as an individual, you feel either of those two areas, absolutely reach out to your coach, reach out to a parent, reach out to somebody and say, I need help. Yeah. And it's, you know, hopefully you've got somebody you can do that with that is, it's a safe space. That, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's become way too... Uh, overused in that but hopefully you've got somebody you can go to that you can trust and, and share that you're having some emotional stress or distress and, and, and seek help parents you know, if, if you see a change in your son or daughter in terms of um, how they're handling things usually changes are going to be 
all over the board. Mm-hmm. It could be any kind of change. They, they could be joking a lot more, trying to hide uh, the pain that they're feeling. They could be uh, anger, lashing out more than normal because they don't know how to handle what they're what doing. They're frustrated. They just don't know where to, where to put that or how to handle it. They don't have the tools. They're not equipped with handling those pieces. Mm-hmm. Th- those are some great insights of, yeah, we need to get some help. Yeah. And, you know, from a coach, you, know, you would see a lot of the same things. Um, those sorts of things playing out within the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, within that environment, um, what's the performance like? You know, if, if the performance is staying steady, state, and they're plateauing, mm-hmm. they're not getting better. Or if the performance goes down, mm-hmm. you know, that you know they can perform so much better, but they're just not. Now, I'm not talking about the expectation that they should perform better. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about they've done certain things, and, and you know they've done that, but they're just not meeting those basic standards. Yeah, that could be a something that's being challenged emotionally. It could be a physical thing. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, it could be some lab work or blood work, some ferritin, some all kinds of things that could be going on physically, mm-hmm. but it also could be an emotional or a, a psychological piece that they could need some help with. Yeah, for sure. No, I like that. And I, like I so said, I think you answered the question. And then well. just to make sure we cover all the bases, that's not the only <laughs> things that you could do. That's just the, the top couple things that come to my mind. Mm-hmm. There are so many other things that, that could be covered in this or causing those effects also. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you answered the question in my opinion, so... Um, if not, we'll, we'll have another she'll, question. She'll re-ask question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, she'll, she'll definitely ask again for sure. Um, I'll, so I think I know your answer to the last part of her question, um, but I'm going to ask it just to ask it. Do you think it's like um, it's reserved for a certain type of athlete, like a top performer or a not top performer? <laughs> uh, aren't we all top performers? Yeah. No, I think, I think you know, uh, making those decisions, you know, no, you don't need to be an elite athlete to go seek sports psychology yeah you don't need to be performing at a certain level to seek to seek that guidance that help mm-hmm. now if you want to become a top performer it might help you become one yeah if you want to improve your performance it might help you per- become that if you want to have less anxiety less less stress going into things to, or whatever challenges it'll help those pieces okay um, but no i don't think you need to be at a, a certain performance level a certain mm-hmm. level of an athlete to, to seek those things it can help everybody yeah for sure no and that's what i thought you were gonna say so <clears throat> good and i like that and, and you yeah i think you answered that well cool so that's it for um questions from our listeners now we have our fun question segment um that we'll go into i think i just have five for you what's one of your favorite bands favorite bands motley crew yep i knew you were gonna say that as soon as as soon as i Come typed on. it up i was like yeah, yeah, yeah he's gonna say motley. you know where i'm going yeah um would you consider yourself more of an extrovert or an introvert oh boy i'm an introvert introvert but, but i play an extrovert every day yeah you know what's funny is i say i'm an introvert too and every time i take a test i always test as an extrovert and i even try to test like an introvert and it's like yeah. but so I, I, I am much more comfortable you know being silent, being an observer, being behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but I've grown into being able to be more of an extrovert. I feel you. All right. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> this is, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Why? Have you experienced, have you had a, uh, experience with the ghost? I have what I believe I, I did. My, my yeah. father passed away when I was eight. Okay. And so, you know, maybe this is a, an eight-year-old brain uh, being wishful thinking or, or so forth. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I have memories of what I think happened after his death okay. of, of me seeing glimpses of him or seeing reflections of him or that sort of thing. So I'm going to go with yes, but it might be an eight-year-old brain simply making <laughs> things up and going those ways. That's all right. All right. Um, do you collect anything? Like I know people collect cards and whatnot i have all i have all my like race bibs and whatnot yeah um not specifically i i, I think i collect um my my <laughs> athletes prs I, I like i like sharing okay. those and, and go through them. um and, and that's that's probably the most cheesy answer i can i can give you on there i do have a lot of uh, most all of my race medals that i've, that I've ever done mm-hmm. uh, i've got those but I don't really think of those as collecting. I just yeah, I, I, just, I don't. I just hoard yeah. them. I don't know. Right, that's what I that's what I do too, in my yeah. opinion. Um, all right, what's your favorite type of workout or exercise? Um, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I really like going for long runs. 
Oh, really? Or I did a, not expect that. Or even a, even a long bike. You know, going out in that easy zone two where you can kind of put things on cruise control. Um, I like being in those environments because I can just let my mind wander. Okay. And I'll be thinking about uh, somebody's training plan or I'll be thinking about something else or I'll, I'll see a squirrel or I'll see uh, something shiny on the ground. I can just let my mind go. And I'm just in that, in that zone, just cruising through. Those are some of my favorite workouts. Gotcha. All right. Well, good. That's it for our fun question segment. Um, I want to go into our shout out segment. You shouted out your peers from this weekend. Anybody yeah. else? Um, I had a, several clients today that uh, did a fantastic job, and I hope they're listening to this. Uh, Kyle and Taylor Moore um, did some fantastic stuff today in terms of pushing their bodies, uh, getting some depth of burn into what they were doing today you know they, they were able to push into into some areas that they hadn't previously pushed into and then I have a husband and wife a client uh, Peter and Erta um, uh, Densmore they, they were able to push some stuff especially Erta I mean she started out three months ago and was able to do like four push-ups and in the last three workouts she's done a minimum of 75 has been up over a hundred in those and nice it's been really good watching, watching their growth and, and their development. Oh, good. All right. Um, I have a couple. Uh, David, David left a five-star review for us and had comments on there. Um, I won't comment what he said because everyone should go look because you should leave a review. Um, but, yeah, shout-out to David. He left a review. And I can actually see the reviews on Apple now. Um, so that's cool. So uh, we have seven five-star reviews and then two comments. Um, I'm not going to lie. One of the comments was from me because I wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> I wanted to see if it worked. I was like, I can't see any of the reviews. I was like, I'm going to leave one and see what happens. So, but shout-out to David. Great. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. Uh, it's my sister's birthday today. Happy so I birthday. wanted to shout-out to her. A lot of people – I tell this to – some of my cross-country people and whatnot, but a lot of people don't know, my sister was the athlete growing up and not me. I was not mm-hmm. the, you know, athlete. She was actually really good at volleyball and track. Um, so shout-out to her. Um, I know my dad will listen to this. I don't know if she will. So, <laughs> well, he, he can tell her. Yeah, he can tell her. Um, tell, tell her we both said happy birthday. Okay, I got you. He'll hear it. He'll tell her. Um, so that's it, everyone. So that's episode seven, I think. Um, so like I said, sorry about the last one if it wasn't great, if we didn't sound great or anything. Um, but hopefully there was some good information on that with the triathlon series. Um, where That's it for episode seven on this one. Uh, thank you to everyone who has left a review. Like I said, we have seven so far that from what I can on Apple, from what I can saw, the rest of them I can't see um, on Spotify and whatnot. But as always, thank you guys. Um, Still having our sale, the um, our merchandise store over there. Um, still having our sale, so you can still get 35% off of t-shirts, pullovers, and sweatshirts. And then 15% off of the triathlon and cycling clothing. Um, and then we have bingo going on for the month of December. We're halfway through December, and I know I heard yesterday some people are getting close to bingos. And some people have been showing me their, showed me their boards yesterday since i got back and they're really close they're like one or two workouts away so i'm like hey go run or walk those eight miles and you're there um you know one of them is the podcast uh podcast uh squares or whatever it's called so come in um don't forget to get your uh bigo boards filled out and we'll sign off on those and we'll have prizes for you guys i don't think anyone's gotten one yet yet. do you know okay cool so you're getting close no one's gotten one yet um sponsorships again if anyone wants to sponsor the podcast uh feel free to hit up paul or myself to do that um you can have an ad in here um you can have an ad that we post on our social media page for you or we can create one for you a uh, uh, verbal ad on here if you want as well um, so get with paul or myself with that and then like share and subscribe to it as always you guys can find the podcast on apple spotify youtube Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Um, let me know. Uh, let us know in classes and whatnot if you've um, listened to it somewhere else, please. Um, share it with a friend. Um, share it to Instagram. And Oh, for the, for the bingo boards, 
I think I put on there, I don't know if anybody's read it or not, um, if you take a picture of yourself doing any of the challenges or whatever, um, we can put that on, um, we can share that or on our social media page for you as well, just to highlight you doing or accomplishing something maybe you never thought you would accomplish. Maybe it's swimming or biking or yep. uh, push-ups in here. So that's all I have, Paul. Anything to leave the listeners with? Yeah, just real quick. Uh, Christmas is around the corner. Thanks for uh, reminding everybody about the sale. Mm-hmm. There's also a, a thing on the website that uh, another gift idea. If you have a, a friend or family member that you want to get them a gift, I mean, you can get them a month of classes. You can get them a PXP okay. membership. There's a some testing and stuff in there. All kinds of things for you to, to look at and, and uh, uh, some gift ideas there on the website. Yeah, for sure. And I mean... That uh, that just reminds me of space on the bingo card is like bringing a friend to class. So mm-hmm. you can do that and pay for them to come to class or whatever. And I know I would like for someone to pay for me to do a um, gate <laughs> analysis or something. Uh-huh. So that's always fun. We all, There are things you can pay for people for that you may not think they need. So hit up the website. You know, that's pxpendurance.com. Um, and like Paul said, you know, gift, gift the gift of PXP. right so that's all i have everyone so hope you enjoyed this podcast uh as always share your feedback and ask us your questions uh, to the next one so that's it until next week see you everybody